Kia ora, ko Brooke I'm Brooke Roberts, one of the three yo's at Sharesies. Welcome to The Payoff, the KiwiSaver series about creating a future that's more you. Over the course of our first four episodes, we've talked about the importance of planning for your future. It can make a huge difference and it just means there's more choice in your life. The various life stages. I probably wouldn't been able to get the house that we've got if I didn't have that as an extra buffer. And we explored the difference between financial wealth versus real world wealth. You know, I'm not a wealthy person, but in all those other things that I think are an important balance, I'm a millionaire. In this episode, let's get practical. How do you choose who manages your KiwiSaver? Pretty much it has to do with setting the right risk level for you. We'll go behind the scenes with a KiwiSaver fund manager to find out how they are looking after your life savings. What industries do we want to be invested in around the world and why? Plus some tips on how to keep your nerve when markets go up and down. Should I go into a conservative fund like everything's dropping? And we'll look at the future of KiwiSaver. Where could it be headed? It's literal tens of billions of dollars now that we're talking. To kick it off, we wanted to talk about the options you have when choosing a KiwiSaver provider. So let's start at the beginning. Here's Mary Holm. The most common factor, I think, is people look at the returns. You know, how well is this provider's growth fund, let's say, or their balance fund, whatever level you want to be in, how well have they done in recent years? That makes total sense, except that all the research shows that the funds that do well one year aren't necessarily going to continue to do well. There are some providers that have, you know, had a pretty good track record, but there's no way of knowing for sure or even fairly sure that a fund that's done well in the past is going to continue to do well. And so I say go for the low fees because they'd hardly ever change. Occasionally someone reduces their fees, but generally speaking, the fees don't change. And over the years, that makes a massive difference. So while Mary highlights fees, Simran thinks the look and feel is also important. You know, a provider that makes it easy for me to see what's going on, easy to log in, easy to check, something that makes me feel like it's not a chore. And that just makes all the difference because I'm more likely to engage in it. So fees, ease of use, what other factors might you consider? We don't really tell people to shop around for a provider. We tell people to shop around for a fund. Tom Hartman from Sorted has a slightly different perspective. And the reason why we do that is because they have to figure out the type of fund um, that's right for them. And then you can figure out the, the provider who offers, offers that fund. So we have a whole set of criteria on how to pick a KiwiSaver fund. And if you want to learn more, you can come, come on Sorted. But pretty much it has to do with setting the right risk level for you, setting, um, making sure fees are reasonable, um, seeing the services that the provider offers, and then making sure that past results haven't been subpar, below average. Although we can't predict the future, sometimes that's been a sign that fund management hasn't been the best. If you decide you want to switch your KiwiSaver provider, all you need to do is sign up to the new KiwiSaver provider. You don't even have to let your old one know. There's two ways that people can join us. They're either yep. new to KiwiSaver and are signing up for the first time, or they're with a provider at the moment like the bank and they want to switch to another provider, which could be Pathfinder or it could be Sharesy's KiwiSaver. Yep. John Berry from KiwiSaver provider Pathfinder joined us in episode three to talk about ethical investing. But we wanted to find out a little bit more about what happens behind the scenes so you get to know what actually happens with your nest egg. But first, let's find out what John's day-to-day -day looks like. 
I like to get a few early wins on the board and get a couple of things done. So I do Wordle first. Oh, I love and that. And take the dog for a walk. <laughs> what does the day look like for a fund manager? There's heaps going on. The day goes by really fast. I sit next to the investment team. So there's always heaps of really interesting conversations going on around politics and economies and events that are happening, how it's going to impact markets, what an individual company's worth. There's these fantastic conversations going on. I can duck in and out of those as I want to. And I get to meet lots of really cool people. I get to meet people who are raising capital for cool New Zealand businesses. I get to meet management and large listed companies. You know, lots of variety, lots of really, really interesting people and cool stuff. So what happens when somebody decides to switch to another KiwiSaver provider? The sign-on process for any manager is really simple and it's all online. And then once that happens, you can just sit back and the whole process goes on in the background. So the existing manager will send the money from your account to the IRD and on to the new manager. The new manager goes into what's called an applications account, which is where new money goes, and then is moved into what we call the trading account. And at that point, your units are issued or your share of the KiwiSaver, your interest in the KiwiSaver, which is in units, is issued at that point. And the money then in the trading account becomes part of the fund itself. And so it can be used to buy shares or buy bonds or take currency exposure. But it's mixed with everyone else's money in, in a big pool and invested as a big pool. I asked John about the different approaches a fund manager can take to investing your KiwiSaver cash. There are different ways of doing it. You can have passive managers who just want to buy the market, yeah. who just want to buy the S&P 500 yeah. or the NZX 50 or all the stocks in an index. So that's one extreme. Another extreme is a very active manager choosing what they see as a concentrated portfolio of high-performing stocks in New Zealand and the US and, and Europe. We're somewhere in between those two where we will have a large universe that we can invest We'll put our parameters around the geographies and industries we want, and then we will try and find the companies that will give us the best return within those geographies and industries that also meet our ethical policy. How do we choose them? We use a very complex optimization process where we're scoring all these companies and then choosing the best the best of the companies to give us the portfolio that we want, which may be somewhere between 120 and 150 individual companies. So what are a fund manager or an investment team looking for when deciding on investment options? There's essentially two ways you can approach investing. You can approach from a top-down view, which is what we call a macro view, or looking at global economic environment and where do you want to have your money, or a bottom-up view, which is I'm going to research individual companies and choose the best individual company names. So there's two different approaches. We try and bring those two together. So the the top-down view, the macro view is what industries do we want to be invested in around the world and why? What are the global trends that are impacting the world over the next decade that we should be invested in? What geographies do we want to invest in? North America, Asia, emerging markets, Europe, here in Australia and New Zealand, where, you know, where do you want to have your money? So you make those you make those decisions and then try and fit within that framework. But essentially you're looking for a portfolio with the right characteristics around volatility, large companies and small companies, and trying to build it within your macro framework. So a lot of thought goes into what happens to your money behind the scenes. And as John mentioned in episode three, it's a heck of a responsibility. I suppose that's what I love about the job is it feels important and it is important managing in the KiwiSaver space, managing money for people's retirement. If you're investing for the long term, what are some of the factors that you need to think about? It's fair to say that the first few years of the 2020s have been an incredibly volatile time for share markets and investing generally. So 
when you look at your KiwiSaver balance, it may make your heart skip a beat. In fact, this happened with Simran from Girls That Invest. I think when I was first investing, I was in a growth fund. And funnily enough, when COVID hit for in 2020 for the first week I thought should I go into a conservative fund like everything's dropping um, and then I remember being taught well no um, if when it drops you, you almost want to stay in there so I stayed in a growth fund and for me that was important because I'm not going to use that money until I'm 65 and so knowing what my goal was and then working backwards perhaps if I was looking to purchase my first home next year I would be in a more balanced or conservative um but it's important to me to be in a growth fund because I have time on my side and I would much rather um, take on a little bit higher risk for higher reward, whatever, you know, helps me sleep easy at night. We don't want to keep reliving early 2020, but Brad Olson had a similar experience. I'll come back to the you know start of COVID when, when the markets dropped and people mm. were seeing some awful red ink and saying, oh, I'm, I've lost $10,000 mm. and immediately made some big changes mm. and moved to conservative or mm. something and went, I need to protect myself. It was like, well, yeah, but not really because, again, the, the what you see is is the, the expectation if you manage to liquidate or you know if you manage to sell that entire portfolio on that one day, yes, that's the cash that you would receive. But you don't. You're not yeah. looking to sell it. And especially yeah. for young people, it's sort of like you can ride the ups and downs mm. because you don't need it right here, right now. If you are investing for the long term, if you're not needing it in the next five weeks or so, then maybe just consider chilling out for a second because the, the market does go up, it does go down. But over time, there's an expectation it will make its money back. Again, yeah. unless you're needing to completely yes. sell out of that position all of a sudden, which unless you're doing the retirement or the house... Again, if you're sort of in your 20s or even your 30s, you're going, well, what, why do I need to change it anytime soon? Yes, if you're just about to put your name on the dotted line when it comes to the house deposit, mm. be a little bit more careful perhaps. But again, like personal position, at that time in, in early 2020, I was going, still don't need it for another 50 years or so nearly, so I'll mm. just leave it alone. If you're feeling stressed about your nest egg, Tom Hartman from Sorted has a simple solution. One thing would be not to look, or maybe not to look as often, because the more you look, the more likely you're going to see your balance fall. Because again, your balance is not money you have, it's what your investments are worth at a given time. The worth of those investments goes up and down. We don't really want anyone to lose sleep and impact their well-being. So it's really important that you have your risk level dialed to where you want it to be and have your investment mix just right. So you could either take some risk off the table or check in less often. And uh, really, for example, you really don't need to look at it every day. It should be like maybe once a quarter, maybe once every six months. So let's talk about the future. KiwiSaver has already had a number of changes since it started. The $1,000 kickstart was removed. Default providers were changed. Minimum contributions from employers and employees has increased. Where could we go next? And where should we go next? I want to find out what some of our guests think about the future. The biggest change I'd like to see would be to get the really low-income people into KiwiSaver, um, including beneficiaries. Mary Holm is keen to see improvements on a couple of things. It's a little crusade I'm on, really. Three years ago, I was working with the Retirement Commission on some recommendations they were making, and it was one of the recommendations we made that the government has actually rejected, but... I would love to see them look at it again. And that is the idea of beneficiaries getting a certain benefit. The government gives them a 3% 
3% more that goes into a KiwiSaver account in their name. So we don't absolutely don't want to cut their benefit because it's low already. But give that extra money. Quite a lot of the people will be in KiwiSaver anyway, but will probably stop contributing. But, you know, they're, they're struggling in the short term. And they, they're not really, you can't really expect people who are struggling to feed the kids to be really thinking about their retirement. But if it's quietly building up for them anyway, and then when they get back on their feet, it's it's got going. If they never get back on their feet, actually, it means they're going to retire with some money, you know, a few thousand dollars, which is a lot better than nothing. Otherwise, KiwiSaver is to some extent contributing to the growing variability in people's wealth. You know, the rich get richer and the poor get poorer, and that is a trend that's happening in New Zealand, and I would love to see that change happening. John Berry from Pathfinder hopes for a better understanding of KiwiSaver among New Zealanders. I would like to see financial literacy in New Zealand generally improve, and I think we all need to take responsibility for making that happen and making sure our Tamariki have a, a better understanding than, than what many New Zealanders have. So that would be education would be one big change. Potentially the, the ability to split contributions between partners. If one partner's working and one isn't, then maybe you can choose where the, where the KiwiSaver is paid into. Potentially splitting between KiwiSaver providers. You may have a couple of providers you want to use for different reasons. Can you, you know, at the moment you only can have one provider and pull your money with that one provider. Should we be able to split? I think we'll have that debate down, down the track. I want to see more investment in private assets. Private assets tend to be higher returning and you'll see high net worth investors have a, a lot of their investments in private assets and venture capital. It's harder in a KiwiSaver structure, and I think we should be encouraging more of it, particularly when you can invest in Kiwi companies that create jobs that have an impact on the environment and society and make money for investors and, and can generate high returns for investors. I think we should be encouraging that within KiwiSaver, and I think we will see more of that in KiwiSaver over time. Brad Olson also sees a huge opportunity around where we invest our KiwiSaver. It's literal tens of billions of dollars now that we're talking when it comes to KiwiSaver funds under management. It's a pretty hefty amount of cash that we can think about maybe using in a slightly different way for the economy. So instead of just thinking at the moment, what we could look at, I think, and what it does provide is a pretty strong amount of cash that we could reinvest a bit more locally. Mm. You know, could we think about the likes of infrastructure and, and similar so that New Zealanders can buy into their future? and sort of help fund using their own money some of the assets that we're going to need in the future, mm. new hospitals, new mm. schools, new water assets and similar. So it's effectively just a huge amount of savings, a huge amount of cash available that we can direct into different areas. So I think at the moment we're a bit more hands-off in terms of where it goes and it goes into existing areas a lot more. But I think there's a big opportunity for the economy to use that big mm. bundle of cash and for New Zealanders to make a bit more choice around where they want it to go. And here's Tom Hartman from Sorted with his hopes for the future of KiwiSaver. I'm hoping we can look more at contribution rates. I'm hoping, because we do a lot now about finding the right type of fund and setting your levels of risk and things like that, but I don't think people realize that it's a system that depends so much on how much you put in and how, how much uh, money is invested in order for you to get results over the long term. So with the default being a 3% or the minimum being a 3%, 
a contribution from you and your employer looking at is that the right percentage uh, in Australia it goes up to 12% or it's going up to 12% yeah so. and unfortunately we know that because of the way those have been set up it sends the message to people that that's the right amount to be contributing because that's the default but we know that's not the not the case so everybody sort of needs to make a choice for themselves of how much they're really contributing I love what Sim had to say here too she pointed out we're the first generation to do this. In New Zealand, we don't have generations upon generations of people that have benefited from KiwiSavers. So it's hard to imagine why it's so important when you haven't seen it. And so we will be that generation for our children and our grandchildren where they can go, well, the like uncle and aunties that use KiwiSaver have really taken care of and those that didn't, you know, maybe not so much. I think that's such an important point, realising yeah, we're like the role models for this. You know, the way that we, if we, if we engage with our KiwiSaver and if we talk about it, we're role modelling that for our tamariki, our mokapuna, like anybody around us. And so, and yeah, we're, we're the, we are going to be one of the um, first generations to really show that. So very interesting perspective. Yeah, yeah. yeah. For, for a lot of us, you know, KiwiSaver, we started when we got our first jobs. And yeah. so we've been able to do it, whereas maybe our parents got it maybe when they were 30s, 40s, 50s, mm. so they have some benefit, but we're the ones that will kind of, yeah, well, it's hard being a role model. <laughs> <laughs> Someone's got to do it. Someone's got to do it. <laughs> my personal hopes? Well, we here at Sheezy's have a few thoughts and you'll hear about them all in our next episode. So what did we cover in this episode? Here's three takeaways. One, it's important to remember that investing for the long term has ups and downs. So when times are volatile, you need to hold your nerve. Being rash and selling out could crystallize your losses. Two, transferring a KiwiSaver is simple. Consider what sort of fund is right for your risk appetite and the provider you think invests in line with your values. Then tell them you want to change and they'll do all the heavy lifting. Three, we don't have a crystal ball to know how KiwiSaver will evolve, but what's clear is that it has the potential to help fund infrastructure in Aotearoa. And if New Zealanders are going to have the life they choose, it's worth considering your contribution rate and what that might add up to. Is it going to achieve the lifestyle you're after? Coming up next on The Payoff, we pull back the curtain on the Sheezy's KiwiSaver scheme. You know, we're competing with complacency. Meet some of the team behind it. The guy I talked to was like, oh, I just signed up while I was in the car. I was like, oh, goodness, I hope you went behind the wheel. Find out how we're doing it differently. We take that, but we flip it a little bit. Each member gets to design their own fund. And why does choice matter? Um, we know that at the moment people aren't putting enough away, and I would argue that's because we're not doing enough. Make sure you listen to the final episode of The Payoff. Sheezy's Investment Management Limited is the issuer of the Sheezy's KiwiSaver Scheme. The product disclosure statement for the Sheezy's KiwiSaver Scheme has been lodged and may be viewed on the Disclose Register at sheezys.nz slash kiwisaver slash documents. The payoff is not financial advice. We recommend talking to a licensed financial advisor. You should review relevant product disclosure documents before deciding to invest. Investing involves risk. You might lose the money you start with. Content is current at the time, and the payoff is for a New Zealand audience. To find out more, head to the payoff webpage on sharesies.nz. The link is in our description.